Hello and welcome to Studio RC, a weekly encouragement of your recovery and your faith. My name is Pastor Max, and I am an alcoholic. I'm sober today only by the grace of God, and the fellowship of the Spirit is contained in the recovery literature, and I am a follower of Jesus. I'm so glad that you're with us this, this week. And so we're going to continue in our series on prayers. Prayers, some that are found specifically in recovery, and prayers, some of them that are just encouraging to those who are in recovery. Today is a week where we're going to look at one that isn't in the literature, but is certainly uh, uh, an encouragement for those in recovery and a lot of people outside of recovery. And today's isn't even quite a poem, uh, quite a prayer. It's more like a poem. And uh, what we're going to talk about today is footprints in the sand. And uh, there's a lot of encouragement and people have drawn a lot of meaning from this, we'll call it a poem. It's acted as a prayer. Um, but let me read it to you uh, if you're not familiar with it. Most people are familiar with this, but it is, it's a great one. And listen to these words. This is called Footprints in the Sand. One night I dreamed a dream. I was walking along the beach with my Lord. Across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to my Lord. When the last scene of my life shot before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand, and there was only one set of footprints. I realized that this was at the lowest and saddest times of my life. It's always bothered me, and I questioned the Lord about my dilemma. Lord, you told me when I decided to follow you, you would walk and talk with me all the way. But I'm aware that during the most turbulent times of my life, there's only one set of footprints. I just don't understand why. When I needed you most, you leave me. He whispered, my precious child, I love you and will never leave you. Never, ever. During your trials and testings, when you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. Amen. That's, I love that picture. Isn't that a picture of our, of our addiction at times? There were times where, where we were carried. There's no other explanation of how we made it through some of the, the trials and tribulation of using an addiction. And uh, that, that realization that it wasn't that, that Jesus ever abandoned us, but there were times where he carried us. And we face challenges today where is this a walk alongside Jesus moment, or maybe it's a Jesus, please carry me moment. And so I love the picture of footprints in the sand. So we're going to take a little look at that. We're going to look a little bit about the background, bring in some scripture, um, even look at some uh, big book passages as well that we can connect to that. But footprints in the sand is, is, is popular and it's certainly inspirational. And it's about having faith and trust in God and knowing that he's always with us carrying us, especially in times of need uh, and difficulty, that God is there and loves us, and that we're never alone. And I think as addicts and alcoholics, 
we've often not only struggled with being alone, but but not fitting in. But in that not fitting in or not feeling like we we completely uh, were were where we meant were meant to be, that that feeling of aloneness would come in, and the thought that we are never alone is a great and comforting thought, especially during the most trying times. The, the truth is God is always with us. There's a me- this is a message of hope and encouragement. The footprints symbolize what we leave behind. They are a mark, and an indentation. They indicate that someone had been here before, traversing the path that one is currently traversing when we see the footprints before that. When we read this, this poem, this, this prayer, this offering, it's hard not to feel love and care. And the words of the poem, they're, they're rooted in this, this, this personal relationship with God. And I think the prayers um, and many of the ones that we've looked at in this series the ones that seem to be most powerful are when we have that, that personal connection with God. Now, there are no biblical quotes, only biblical ideas. And, but it's clear the, uh, the biblical thoughts and ideas in this, even though there's no specific scripture referenced. Now, some might call this uh, an allegory, uh, an allegoric religious poem, um, What's interesting is the authorship of this poem is disputed, and a number of people have claimed having written it. Matter of fact, there are multiple lawsuits uh, between claims of uh, at least four or five different people um, claiming that they they wrote the poem and were looking for credit for the poem. So who wrote it? We're not quite clear on that. Um, And there are many examples of why this became popular in American culture, because this really did kind of find its way into American culture, and people really enjoyed that. Um, There is some uh, uh, reference to the modern footprints allegory um, in an opening paragraph of a a Charles Spurgeon sermon all the way back in 1880. Um, And he had this, this sermon called The Education of the Sons of God. And he wrote this, and this is some people feel this is where uh, the poem might have originated from, but this is a quote from his sermon from 1880. And did you ever walk out upon the lonely desert island upon which you were wrecked and say, I am alone, alone, alone. Nobody was ever here before me. And did you suddenly pull up short as you noticed in the sand the footprints of a man? I remember right well passing through that experience. And when I looked low, it was not merely the footprints of a man that I saw, but thought I knew whose feet had left those imprints. They were the marks of one who had been crucified. For there was the print of the nails. So I thought to myself, if he has been here, it is a a deserted island no longer. and I, I love that language. I love the thought. I, you know, when we think about footprints, we don't often think about the crucified footprint and what the, the nail mark in the foot might look like or not in, in the sand. But I like that imagery that Spurgeon uses. Now, this started, um, so many different people used uh, this poem 
and introduced his poem. Robert Schuler in a broadcast, Paul Harvey on the radio, Ann Landers in one of her columns, The Reader's Digest, Jerry Falwell, Irma Bombach, Ronald Reagan even on the uh, political trail used this, and even Dear Abby um, used this, all within like between 79 and like 81 or 82. So a lot of people were seeing this this poem and they they were referencing it and it was starting to get a lot of just notice uh, around the country. Um, and even later, it's interestingly, uh, Simon Cowell, who is, you know, from uh, American Idol and the X Factor, he wrote a song based on this poem called Footprints in the Sand, which was re recorded by Leona Lewis um, on her debut album called Spirit. What's interesting, when we discussed this album, or excuse me, discussed this poem at Recovery Church, we actually played that song, and it's a really, it's a beautiful song. And so if you get a chance, it would uh, give that a listen to. It's, it's really, it's beautiful. Now, one of the things, I, I found some references in the big book about being alone. Uh, we alcoholics, alone is used 51 times throughout uh, the big book and the 12 and 12, but we alcoholics see that we must work together and hang together, else most of us will finally die alone. We certainly don't want to do that. Uh, it tells us in the, the Appendix 2 on the spiritual experience in the bi big book, he finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone, recognizing that even when we recognize our powerlessness and coming to a power that's greater than ourselves, our higher power, that like we're, that that is bridging the gap of us being alone, that we can't do it alone. We can't get sober alone. We don't have the power for that. We don't have the power of our higher power to connect on that next level of spirituality alone either. Um, it tells us in the 12 and 12 on step 12, when a man or woman has a spiritual awakening, the most important meaning of it is that he has now become able to do, feel, and believe that which he could not do before on his unaided strength and resources alone. Again, we have this spiritual awakening as promised in the 12th step, but we couldn't have had this spiritual awakening. We couldn't have done this thing alone. We needed that higher power, that, that power of God, that power of Jesus to come in. And there are many other quotes on being alone. Now, interestingly, I think that some of this is about having a new attitude, a new understanding. The, the, as the, as they were, we were reading through um, footprints, they were like, hey, God, where were you? Jesus, you know, you weren't, you know, during the hard times, you weren't even there. And Jesus was like, I love you. And I'll never leave you to be alone. And that's when I carried you. That shift, that shift in our understanding, that shift in our thinking. It tells us um, in the, the literature, um, we, are, we have been trying to get a new attitude, a new relationship with our Creator, and discover the obstacles in our path. What, the obstacles in our path is often us. The obstacle in our path to understanding all that Jesus does for us is, is often ourselves. 
So we have this new attitude. It tells us our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. So we have a new attitude. Our attitude is changing. Uh, they tell us they have a new attitude and they have been saved from a living death. In other words, they had life. Um, it talks about a, a new attitude, a proper attitude, a firm attitude, a right attitude, a better attitude, and a changed attitude. This attitude that has shifted and changed for, for us uh, as we approach God and as we approach life. I picked two scriptures to look at, and I'm going to actually bring in a couple additional ones after this, but listen to these scriptures. The first one is Psalm 106, verses 1 through 5. I'm just gonna, I'm not going to read it all, but I'm going to pick some of the, the verses out of Psalm 106. But it says, Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Why else would he carry us if he wasn't good? But his love endures forever. His love for us endures forever. His love for others endures forever. His love endures forever. Blessed are those who act justly, who always do what is right. Um, I may enjoy the prosperity of your chosen ones. I may share in the joy of your nation and your inheritance. In other words, those are the things that as I come alongside and, and allow God in my life, I'm looking to enjoy that prosperity, that joy, that inheritance, and share it with others. In Ephesians 4, 22 and 24, um, I love this. And this is again about that new attitude, that shift in how we see God. You were taught with regard to your former way of life. So maybe even our addiction and, and maybe the spirituality or what we've brought to the table in early recovery. But to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Take that old self off. And then how do we, part of that old self is, is becoming a new creation, that spiritual awakening. But the verse says, you know, uh, put off your old self to be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So we have this old self, we get new attitudes, and we get a new self. We experience transformation, which is exactly what the spiritual awakening talks about. And even in, that, in the footprints in the sand, we get that, that shift where we have that recognition. Now, it's interesting, throughout the scripture, there it talks about different footprints or, or paths. It tells us in Psalm 37, the steps um, of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his ways. So in other words, when, when we're, this is very much uh, sort of 11 step, praying for the knowledge of God's will and, and the power to carry it out. But, you know, they're established, are the, established by the Lord when we delight in God's way, and when we're understanding God's way, though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong for the Lord upholds his hands. In other words, as you're walking along, you're trying to do what God wants you to do. Even when you stumble, God's going to kind of grab your hand oh, and keep you from stumbling. Psalm 77 says um, that God's footsteps were unseen. Sometimes we can't see God's footsteps. And in footprints in the sand, he didn't recognize them to be God's footprints. In the New Testament, uh, 1 Peter 2.21 says, the Christian is exhorted to follow in Jesus' footsteps. So 
The Hebrew word for step is agab, meaning footprint, heel, trail, or rear guard. And the, the Greek word each knows, my Greek scholars may want to correct me on that, but that translated into the track, the footstep, impression. But the reason I bring both the Greek and the Hebrew, there are these ideas overlapping within the word footprint and that it's used. There's this idea of following a trail. Jesus's life leaves a visible impression as, as well as a direction. His life provides the pathway we're searching for. And, and it even marks us as his, as Jesus's, because we're following this path, this, this, the, the footprints we're following, this trail. If disciples live as, as described in Ephesians 5.8, as children of life, this, in, this identifiable mark um, will be on us to a watching world. The world will see and they'll, they'll recognize, okay, this, this is different. This person is living in a different way. And the, pro the, the Lord has promised in 31.6, the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Again, a theme we find in the poem or prayer of footprints. What was true of God then, please know, is true today. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's not going anywhere. God is with us. And God loves you. Footprint connects this direction, this identity, um, an example with the promises of God that he will protect, he will equip his people to follow. Paul prayed that God would equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ. In other words, that like God's going to give us what we need to do God's work, the thing that he's calling us to do. And what God is calling you to do and what God is calling specifically may look very different. God has gifted you and God has gifted me and God has gifted each of us in a different way. He's equipped us in different ways. So we have overlapping gifts, but we also have some unique gifts and unique relationships and unique positioning so that we can do God's bidding, so that we can leave footprints maybe where no one else could leave footprints. I love the, the thought that Jesus is with us and guides us, and when need be, carries us. Here, I want to leave us and kind of close our thought with four practical ways to apply footprints in the sand to your life, your life in recovery, and your life in faith. Know that one, we will have troubles in this world. We will experience hardships and sadness in this life. Sometimes we may become depressed discontented, disconnected. Everyone does. So knowing that we have problems, um, that, that, that we have that in common, there will be moments where we have to be carried. There will be the one set of footprints. We're all going to have those moments in our lives. But we're also told we never have to be afraid. Trusting in God, your, your higher power, will bring peace and happiness into your lives. Fear will take joy out of our lives. When we have fear, when we, when we have that fear in our lives, 
it's hard not to uh, lose some of that joy that comes from trusting. It tells us in Romans 8.31, if our God is for us, who could be against us? Paul asked that piercing question. What enemy is bigger, more frightening, or more powerful than our God? Can there be any time in our lives so low that God is not there, sheltering us in the shadow of God's almighty wings, his power, his strength? We are also never alone. Jesus prepared us for adversity and division. Even during times of trouble or illness or struggle, God is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Not just a Christmas theme. Not like that God, that a spirit of Emmanuel is with us. God with us. It's a 365 day a year promise and proposition. When we were at our lowest, Jesus carried us. We are never alone. We are not strong, but God is. We admitted our powerlessness in the first step. But we're told, my grace is sufficient, is what God said to the Apostle Paul. Paul just decided to boast in my infirmities, in my illness, in my weakness, in my powerlessness. That's what Paul boasted. I am so powerless, look what God is doing. We boast in our infirmities so Christ's power may be seen, may be rest in and through me. So look at my powerlessness and everything that transpires. I can point to God and said, look what God accomplished. And finally, we can give this hope to others. In other words, we carry this message of hope to others. This message of spiritual awakening, this message of never being alone, this message of when we need to be, we will be carried. What an incredible message. Christians and people of faith in recovery can use this poem as a way to discuss the surpassing greatness of God's power, power in our lives. So, know today. That if you're walking along and you see the scenes of your life, there will be times where there's only one set of footprints. But know that that set of footprints is there singularly because Jesus carries us. The crucified and resurrected Lord leaves his crucified footprints in the sand carrying us. Please be encouraged to know you are never alone and you never have to feel or be alone because God is with us. Hopefully that encouraged you today. A, a great, a great just uh, poem, prayer, story, allegory of footprints in the sand is, is so refreshing. Um, may it refresh you. So thank you for coming to Studio RC, another presentation of Studio RC. And we encourage you, like this video, like the videos we post, subscribe on whatever platform you are. That always helps things out. And we just ask uh, to just continue on with us in this journey. We have some more, a few more weeks of prayer to, uh, to tackle. And I look forward to that. And I hope that you're looking forward to it as well. And just remember, this is Recovery Church, 12 Steps, 
one goal. God bless, and we'll see you next time.